Um, Paul, when do you think we'll do another episode? The way I see it, when the Angels win the pennant. Oh, well, I just saw them win the pennant. So I guess that means it's time for episode number 42 of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Podcast initialized. Mission identified. Angels in the outfield. 1994. Co-hosts online. Auditory analysis online. All systems nominal. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago so that we can let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 42. There you can leave us a comment on the episode, and you can find links to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, to Radio, and more. By the way, I think it's very appropriate that this is episode 42 and we're doing a baseball episode. (laughs) Yes, though it's not about Jackie Robinson. Regardless, my name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a... hi. Sorry. You're what? (laughs) I'm a designer, but not a deadbeat dad. Oh, good. Like Superman. Exactly. What? Oh, yeah. In Superman Returns. (laughs) And I predicted Angels in the Outfield would be nostalgic. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, and master interrupter, Paul Bowers. Hello. Hi, Paul. You know, you can interrupt me. I choose not to. Nah, that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul, you probably realized this while you were watching, uh, but Matthew McConaughey and Adrian Brody were little known in this movie, but they went on to both become uh, Academy Award-winning Best Actors. Yeah. My question for you, Paul, is do you know anyone from when you were a kid that is now famous or at least has a <laughs> lame claim to fame? Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, uh, let's put it this way. I'm the closest person I know of that. <laughs> that's not even close of me. So, no. And I predicted Angels in the Outfield would be nostalgic. All right. We'll go with that then. Uh, and this time we do not have a guest host. You are just going to be hearing the ramblings of Paul and Francisco. So hopefully I have a guest host here with me. Oh, it's my guardian angel. (laughs) He's here to help me. Nice. Oh, we need help. (laughs) At least I do. (laughs) I I think I, I see something. No, that's just a guy with a towel. That's the sun's reflecting off of. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Anyways, Paul, can you tell us what we're going to be doing this episode? Uh, yeah, we're going to have a discussion. I don't know if it's so much round uh, table discussion as much as it's like face-to-face discussion of the movie Angels in the Outfield, which will include some major spoilers. Of course. And uh, then we'll have a, let's go over what's been on our... What's been new on our tubes lately in the new tube segment, and then wrap up the show with some feedback and announcements. Very good. Uh, Alice, we please, uh, we've entered our target angels in the outfield. Uh, let us know when you find it. Search the time space field thing. Yeah, continuum. That was the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Oh. Alert, alert, target located. Spoilers incoming. Engaging Retro Rewind Reactor. All across America, people are seeing angels. There are angels in the sky. Unbelievable! Angels on the ground. All because there are angels in the outfield. Except no substitute. It's the movie that's got audiences believing and critics raving. Four stars for a Grand Slam home run. And Good Morning America's Joel Siegel calls it a big hit. Disney's Angels in the Outfield, rated PG, now appearing in theaters everywhere. Yes, <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. I've uh, always wondered why they said that, now appearing everywhere, because when people listen or watch it later, it's not appearing in theaters, so they're lying. Yeah, I, you know, and we'll probably talk a little bit about people lying, lying. later on. Yes. But let's talk about actually right now. What we remembered 
from this movie in our Memory Mind Meld synopsis. When Robin from The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> had trouble with his dad, who promises better times and to come back home when the Angels win the pennant, why not the World Series? I don't know. Uh, but after praying for the Angels to win, Doc Brown shows up as an angel and the boy Robin sees him. After the boy is able to convince the manager of the Angels to put the manager of the baseball team Angels to put in the ball player, he says, Robin says to Doc Brown and the host of other Angels make the otherwise underwhelming Angel players completely OP. The OP? Over, overpowered. It's a gaming oh. term. Oh, okay. Uh, the Angels win the pennant because the boy signals that a player has an angel even though there is none. Though the boys lie, through the boys lie, the team learn to believe in themselves with the inspiration of the fans. Robin's father reneges on coming back home, but Danny Glover is there to adopt Robin and his friend. I think he's getting too old for that stuff. Danny Glover? Yeah, that's his line from uh oh, that oh. Covered, which is a line from uh you know, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Yes. Yeah. But here's a line of, from another movie. Ooh. What was incorrect about that? He wasn't Robin or a boy Robin. You thought he was? No, I was just being silly. But Oh, okay. No, and neither was Doc Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Some of that was not quite in the right order, so we'll go with that. Plus, I like hearing the Inception sound. Picky, yeah, not too bad. But Paul, why don't you be picky about how this movie was technically made? All right, Angels in the Outfield came out October nineteenth on nineteen fifty one. Was directed by Clarence Um, Brown. um, I think you pulled up the wrong Angels in the Outfield there. Oh, this is we're the, not doing the 1951 No, version. this is oh, the Oh, we're doing the 1994. Yes. Oh, okay. That came out on July 15th of 1994 and ran 102 minutes and was rated PG, directed by William Deere, and starred a whole lot of people, mm-hmm. including Danny Glover, uh, who we already talked about, Brenda Fricker. She was the, I guess the... Maggie? The, yeah, the show show uh, or foster yeah person. yeah do you know what else she's been in i recognized her but no that's i thought at first she was the old lady who played large barge in peewee's big adventure oh, okay. but it turns out she wasn't oh. but she's the old pigeon lady in home alone 2 as one of her oh, better known roles. oh okay i thought and you were about to say in mary poppins but no. <laughs> i don't think she's that old okay but and it also, of course, we found out who the boss was with Tony Danza and uh, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. And it also starred a bunch of other people like, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and um, a bunch of other people that you may recognize. Yes. Like Adrian Brody, Matthew McConaughey. You don't have more. to go through the whole list. Oh, sorry. Carry, carry, continuing, um, carrying uh, on. Whatever. Okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> This movie was uh, made for about twenty-four million and grossed to about five-zero. That's fifty million just in the U.S. alone. Oh, so about it about doubled its money. Yeah. In the box office. I wonder if there are some angels helping out with that. Maybe because it all made almost uh, twenty-three million in rentals alone in the U.S. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. Well, very good, Paul. Let's go ahead and talk about the things we really liked about this movie, Angels in the Outfield, from 1994. Oh, okay. we cleared that up. Yeah. Well, uh, make? Will you kick us off, please? Sure. Um, I liked the message from the little kid JP of that it could happen. It was... <laughs> kind of uh it's kind of cheesy a little but it was it was very positive and uplifting especially the way he he delivered it like yeah oh totally and i i totally bought into his like his gentleness of spirit and his positivity that was totally something i loved about him yeah his smile was very winning yes 
What's something you liked, Francisco? I, I liked, I was really impressed. This really almost took me aback. How in like the first three minutes, they established so much backstory and so much character of um, Roger, who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and mm-hmm. JP, I didn't look up his actor's name. Um, it's just so impressive. Just their little bits of dialogue and Milton Davis Jr. Thank you, and Milton Davis Jr. It you just got so much about where these kids were coming from, what their situation was. It, I was just really impressed by that. Yeah, that they could write in and and clue you in so quickly in the movie. Yeah, they even started off with theology, which was unusual. Oh yeah, and they're like, hey, do you believe in? Heaven, yeah, because that's where I think my, my mom, mom is. is yeah, my dad would probably be friends with your mom. Yeah, but friends. I mean, that's the perfect way to say how their moms are dead and their dads, they don't know where they are or what have How you. they killed them and buried them in the backyard. <laughs> that's a different movie. That's a different Matthew McConaughey movie. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Did I watch the wrong one again? <laughs> okay. Uh, Something else I serve on that same on that same line is uh Joseph Gordon Levitt, his he plays sadness mixed with confusion so well for being so young. I totally yes. like I, I he totally pulled at my heart with his just the way he played when his dad just let him down and he was disappointed and he just couldn't understand why his dad would be doing this and Yeah. <sighs> This oh, is man for me. This is one of his more impressive roles. Yeah, considering his age and mm-hmm. what he was able to convey, and it came across very seriously, which I appreciated. Oh, totally. Yeah, like I, he played it real, like not over the top. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, exactly. It, that is the perfect way of saying it. It felt real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though I would say that he played an alien pretty good in uh, Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. But Paul, what did? You, what else? What was something else you didn't like? Didn't like? What was something else you did like? I was just joking around there. Oh, something else I liked was seeing the old. Um, crash test dummies uh billboard oh, yeah <laughs> that totally like oh my gosh i'm in the 90s <laughs> it was like a flashback when i saw that i was like i remember those uh-huh. that was oh, so cool totally yeah do you remember the cartoon didn't they have a crash test dummies that, cartoon? wow vaguely yeah but it was it was they're more popular for the commercials and it was Voiced by the same guy. One of them was voiced by the same guy who did Garfield and Peter Vakeman. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so that was fun. Just that flashback of when that the ball hit that billboard. Like, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and something else that was sort of unexpected, but I kind of remembered now that I, as I was watching it, was just sort of the comedic lines that, they were just thrown in there. I didn't quite remember this movie being as comical, but I, oh. I liked have it was it was just fun. It was a fun like different tone. Yeah, the tone to me was kind of unexpected because it definitely had its dark not not too dark, but kind of sad Heavy. and serious. Serious, but yes. then it was also very lighthearted at at times. So mm-hmm. it was. I thought it was a. A good balance in tones, so so to speak. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, go ahead with something else you liked. Okay. Um, what I one of the things that I really liked is as the movie went on, and especially when Roger. Uh, when after went to the court hearing and didn't wind up with his father, mm-hmm. it was very apparent that the story was not really about just a sports team winning, like so many sports movies are. This is really oh, yeah. about being part of a family. His struggle, the whole reason why he wanted the Angels to win the entire time is so that he, he could, could be with a, a yeah. he would have a family. Totally. And, so I liked it. It was it wasn't just a hey, let's go our team, 
but it's like hey let's go like our family like yeah be, and you know. I, I, usually i pick up on things like that but honestly i didn't and that you're you're saying all that and i'm totally smiling because it, it's dawning on me this sort of it is different in that way because i think of movies like and one of the people that commented on facebook mentioned several other baseball movies that came out in this time mm-hmm. so i won't list them all now but yeah they were more about getting the having the team win and even movies right. nowadays are more like that though like major league and well that's yeah, more of, of those other comedy big. but well yeah. yeah but it was about the team winning you know sure. what i mean yeah 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 okay so good example uh but yeah that uh, yes i in retrospect, yes, I definitely liked that about this movie, that there was more substance to it than just, it's about winning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back, you made a comment that they brought on theology early on in the movie. Yeah. And that cer- certainly continues. I mean, the whole idea of angels is a theological element. I guess I really, I really loved how... Um, even though it was sort of the world's take on this, that I really liked how Knox, who is played by uh, Danny Glover, uh, substituted Hemerly for Mitchell. I forget which actors those were, but it was, it was like sort of just a little bit into the movie after uh, he's listening. He He's asked Roger to come back. He doesn't quite know, believe that angels are there, but he's like, oh, whatever, he, he, there may be something. So... And he's listening to Roger, and Roger says, "You need to put this guy in." And uh, Knox says, "But he's, but this other guy's my best guy. Why? And this this guy's my worst. Why would I do that?" And yeah. and uh, Roger, Joseph Gordon Lover says, "There's an angel with him, so you gotta do that." And I thought that was a really interesting homage to First uh, Corinthians one, uh, chapter one twenty five. Do you remember that off the top of your head? I'm curious. No. So that's the. The wisdom or the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. Ah, oh. and I just love that. That yeah, exactly. You should, even though it doesn't make any sense from man's point of view, in God's economy, it makes perfect sense. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I, I really like that yeah. that tone. Again, it was certainly a, a worldly take on it but it was still there and I still appreciated that element of truth. Yes. Back to you, good sir. No, back to you because I only have one. <laughs> That's a classic. Okay. So you have to fill all this up. That's fine. I'll just uh, sit here and let my uh, angel give me a shoulder massage. Oh, good. You. That's good. So you're ready to pitch all yes. those uh, fastballs in the dislike section. No, just that one that counts. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the classic maker. <laughs> um, Randy Edelman's score? I want to say it was pretty good. I, I liked it on the whole. Yeah, I thought, it wasn't bad, like distracting, cheesy. No, oh not, gosh, yeah. let's get you know on with. We need to get more better music. Though on the, I don't oh. know if you'd say this is downside, but it made me just want to listen to the Dragonheart soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> because that that's one, a good soundtrack. That is a good yeah. soundtrack. So yeah, I will have to say that this this movie doesn't have a, a major thing. theme. I, so. yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I, yeah. I can't, but I, I but I'm not going to say the music was bad. Yeah, I would definitely not. I would I would heartily disagree with you if that were the case. Uh, but let's go ahead with our classic makers. Go for it, Paul. You know. I just thought of, and I didn't. I, I, I'm surprised I didn't put this down. I have one more, so oh, okay. we can cover that. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, you know the grand finale. Grand finale. When the score, like it's all down to the wire, and it's like you know whatever. It's like the top of the ninth that if he strikes them out, that the Angels win. Mm-hmm. And Tony Danza is just the pitcher. There is just. He has no energy left, mm-hmm. and the coach goes out to give him the pep talk, and I'm like, "Oh no, here it comes!" <laughs> the cheesy, this the awe inspiring moment where like the the kid flaps his wings, mm-hmm. and then all of it's like, oh, "Okay, here it comes!" And the boy comes up, and 
It's like, all right, let's just get this over with. And the music swells, you know, it's good music. Yeah, yeah. And then the baseball team is like, okay, the baseball team came out pretty fast all together. It's like they had planned this, you know, it's kind of, but then as the audience, I know. And then the audience goes behind them. And all of a sudden, I don't know if it's my age or whatever, but it really got to me. It really, it's like, and I was like, big old smile and Aww. like my eyes were welling up oh. and it's like yes they support them you know that's they're in it together <laughs> it was so moving oh yeah it was oh as as cheesy as that moment is in in thought i just emotionally they they did it right yeah so oh, um so that's one thing but that's not my classic make okay that's okay Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so my classic maker is um, the cast is fun. Oh yeah. One of the, the 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 big thing for me is to go back and watch this older movie with stars that you would probably recognize today before they made it big. Yeah, I'll like Adrian Brody mm-hmm. and. Matthew McConaughey and some of these other people you haven't seen, like Joseph Gordon Lovett. You know, yeah. just. Just watching them back in the day and, <laughs> and the fun story that they're in—it's it, it's a great fun revisit to the past. Mm-hmm. I will have to say though, one one caveat to that is there's one actor, and I'm sorry, I'm looking him up. He he's a he's in a lot of movies. He's a character actor. He's the pitcher that was really really zany and apparently yes. really gullible. Yes. And my internet's being really slow, so I can't look it up, unfortunately. But uh, um, Neil McDonough. Sure, that sounds like it might be it. <laughs> Mick. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry, I'm butchering his last name, but it's uh, Mick. Then it's D O N O U G H. McDonough. Sorry about that, but anyway. Anyway, I thought I, he was a little. He a was little way over the top. Yeah. But that wasn't. That's the director, not him. You know what I mean? Because he's played other serious roles. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. So he probably was directed, or the script was like, "You need to be really zany." Though he, he can also yeah, have you're a the choice in that. Relief. Though I didn't find him that comical. Anyway, too much time on that. What I loved about this movie most, and I kind of sort of spilled the beans already, but just Joseph Gordon-Levitt is so <laughs> good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How can you be this? I, I'm curious if he if he had some like experience, like personal experience that was similar to this, because he just he delivered this. He hit a home run in this run. <laughs> it was it was great. I, it was I, very I, impressive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I I was surprised looking back how how good he was mm-hmm. in this role. Yeah, and things like that you don't really appreciate as a kid. I know I didn't. Yeah. It's it's like right. yeah, that's the kid. Of course, he's he's like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, as we transition, he was one of the better actors in the whole movie. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of some of the other characters, mm, yeah, I, I would say they're all they were all pretty good. I wasn't. I didn't think anyone was a poor actor in it. Well, we'll save that. Well, okay, later. let's let's talk before we transition into the poorer things of Angels in the Outfield. We had a few Facebook comments. You can find it at facebook.com slash retro rewind podcast. Uh we often post uh like what movies are coming up and we want to get your thoughts so we can include them in the show. Uh so we have uh Rachel Wunsch, uh longtime listener Rachel Wunsch. She said, Although I'm a Rangers fan. Whenever we play the Angels, I can can't resist the Angels flap. So I thought that was fun. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, then Vinny G and Freddie the Third, and these two next comments really appreciate one from Vinny and one from Edward Decian. Um, they're longer, so I'll try to clip through them, but they're because they're really good. So Vinny says, "I was a fan as a child. I enjoyed watching Doc Brown in anything." Plus, there was the whole baseball with kids movie craze going on in Hollywood. Sandlot, Big League, Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. And I was a kid who was into baseball. So I was, so 
it was a home run as far as the box office was concerned. Ha 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 ha. Um, well, that means as they got your money. <laughs> yes. Well, as the years passed, I'd probably have to call this nostalgic. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was certainly has certainly turned in far less annoying work since then. So apparently, Vinny did not appreciate JGL's performance. That's well, what, maybe he was a bit whiny, but that was his character. Yeah. But I could, yeah, so I could see how he'd come off that way. And it's like, gosh, kids, stop being so whiny. But Vinny but I can. Know a lot of kids who are more whiny yeah. in real life, you know? Uh, good point. <laughs> Vinny continues, um, less annoying work since then. Don John, maybe only slightly less so, but also including Tony Danza. And the whole plot premise to the movie seems a tad cheesy now. I remember the Angels as well as some of the players being a tad too goofy, like we just talked about, uh, Mm -hmm. for my current taste. And I'm not sure the effects would hold up today. Uh, But I find something... But uh, I find something to like in every movie from my youth. And besides the nostalgia factor, I think Tony Danza might come come in just the right side of overdoing it. And while Danny Glover, as a frustrated old manager, isn't quite Tom Hanks in a league of their own... That's true. It's a suitable filler for a Disney movie. Besides, who doesn't love a feel-good underdog sports flick? Definitely have to watch League of Their Own because I thought Danny Glover did a good job in this. I thought he did too, but I I don't know. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Oh come on! There's no crying in baseball. (laughs) That's the only thing that anyone ever remembers, or at least most people. Oh no! I I thought I I thought this was Tony Danza's one of his better roles. Like I was surprised. But maybe that's because he wasn't one of the goofy teammates. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I never watched Who's the Boss, so I don't really know Tony Danza from that role. This is one of the few roles I do know him in. Uh, so I don't have a lot of uh, perspective from that. So I thought he was he was good. Um, yeah, I thought so too. But Vinny, thank you for sharing all that. Really appreciate your adding your thoughts to the show. Um Sounds like we agree with you on some of those. Uh, some of the actors we don't, we felt like the acting was a little bit better, but glad that we can agree to disagree. Ed, Edward DeSean, uh had this to say I'm very torn on this movie. Oh, hmm. interesting. On one hand, I love the inspiration and hope given by the angels and the little kid, especially at the end where Tony Danza's character suddenly becomes a great pitcher again. But I feel the movie wasn't sure what to do and became formulaic. It featured sadness of the childhood best friend needing to sleep in the bus because his family lived in the car. Uh, Roger himself had a father who left him, yet had truly silly moments like the angels throwing the baseball around so the... uh, so that the opposing team kept bumping into one another. In hindsight, it was a fun movie, and I can't believe it I can't believe it had Matthew McConaughey and Adrian Brody in it. That's multiple future Oscars there. But as fun and hopeful as it is, I it was also sappy and with filler scenes. Sorry, but this is not a classic to me. So thank you, Edward. I didn't really think about the idea that it does sort of split the tone like that. Yeah. Um but I, yeah, I could definitely see that. It, it, there, there are. It is a bit too sort of on the opposite ends in terms of yeah. like goofiness and then sadness. I said it had a nice balance, but I didn't say that balance. The two sides meshed well. Ah, okay. Nah. Well put. Thank you again to Rachel, Vinny, and Edward. Now let's move on to the things we didn't like about Angels in the Outfield. I'm going to start things off. First off, so I said I love JP's like gentleness of spirit and his attitude, and that's very true. But at the yes, same time, it could happen. Yeah, no, that was totally fine. I I love that. But at the same time, I hated his like absent-mindedness, like with when? putting the nachos on the chair and. Oh. They're, but that's kids. I, oh, I know. I was just about to say that. I realize he's a kid, but that bothered me so much. I, I'm probably gonna face that. It'll be very interesting when, in real life, um, that's something my daughter does, and any future children. Oh, like have, you but, don't uh, mistakenly like leave a drink sitting somewhere? No, never. 
I'm perfect that way. Uh huh. <laughs> Never lost a pencil or pen. Hey, Paul, stop calling me out here. <laughs> Are you in the field? <laughs> what? You're out in the field. Calling you. Never mind. Wow. Calling you out. Three strikes. That was. Out. Yeah, stretch. edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So that, that, but that was just sort of a minor thing. So that's why I started out with that. How about you, Paul? What was something minor or other? I only have a couple things here. And one of them I'll start off was very minor. But um, going back to the theology, Mm -hmm. what kind of prayers is the foster, let's call her foster mother for all intents and purposes, Maggie. Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of prayers is she encouraging the kids to say if she doesn't even know if she believes in angels? It's kind of like they usually kind of go hand in hand. Angels and prayer Especially, go hand in hand? Yeah. If you are encouraging people to pray, mm-hmm. then you believe in a higher power. Sure. A lot of religions believe in angels. higher A, uh, a higher power that has helpers to help us down here on earth. Kind of okay. like Santa Claus and the elves. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but don't quote me on that. Dear God, <laughs> I want a pony for Christmas. Oh, do you know how many prayers are like that? Come on, let's get real. Okay, anyway. Yeah, good point. So it kind of bothered me. It's like, so do you believe in angels? Oh, I, I, I guess I do. It's like, come on. You're not going to be encouraging people to pray if you don't even know that. Yeah, but... I mean, you bring up this point a lot, Paul, that in the real world, there are those people that just don't really know what they believe. They sort of like hodgepodge from several different things. And yeah, maybe angels or yeah, maybe prayers works, but eh, I don't All right, really fine. Know. It just annoyed me. Let's okay. put it that way. <laughs> All like right. The absent-minded kids annoy you. Those kind of people annoy me. And those kind of people are in the world. Now <laughs> that those that's off both of our lists, let's continue. What's something else that bugged you, Francisco? <laughs> something else is that Danny Glover's character, uh, Knox, it, so this is almost like the antithesis of what I said about how you, they set up Roger and JP's character so well, so quickly in the movie, mm-hmm. though, how angry Danny Glover's character is and how mad he gets at them losing, even though they haven't won a game, but I realize they haven't won a game or anything, and he's used to winning, but it just, I felt like his anger that early in the movie wasn't earned. Like there was, it seems like completely out of, off, off base and out of place. But it, they, they explained it later. I, I realized that. I'm just saying it, it was it like, was why abrupt. are you so, yes, yes. A, a, okay, Francisco, going back to what you said, <laughs> there are people like that in the world who are angry, and you don't know why they're angry. All right. And the fact that this movie explained it helps. <laughs> he was a, a manager for, what was it? The Red Sox? No. Some, the Cincinnati Reds. Team. Yeah. I believe that. Cincinnati the, Reds. Yeah. For, you know, and they won several years and he was used to winning. And then they moved him out to the Anaheim so that they could win. And they haven't won yet. So he's used to winning and now he's not. So he's frustrated and mad. Sidebar. I'm not a baseball fan, so if I get any terms wrong or teams wrong, I apologize. By all means, write in to feedback at RetroRewindPodcast.com and let me know about how I don't know about baseball. That's totally fine. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, down. <laughs> exactly. Um, so home runs when the puck goes in the goal, right? Uh, yeah. Swish. <laughs> um, all right, Paul. So you're uh, two to one now. Let's see what you think about this one. Okay. I thought the visual effects were so cheap. For its time. Even, I mean, yeah, for its time, I guess. time, you could tell, like, why is it kind of, like, sped up? Yeah. And then, like, slowed down, you know? It's just. But I I thought it was fine. I, I didn't think it was anything to, like complain about nor did i think it was anything to write home about you know what i mean sure I, yeah i i if i'm if i'm thinking about do you want to watch this movie today uh yeah versus movies of contemporary movies and just talking about the special uh, the visual effects in this movie 
I'd say they're they're does it not does it good. really frustrate you? You're like, oh, it makes me not want to watch this movie. Yeah, well, I almost really? feel like the, the special effects are so bad. It, they, like, they don't make me not want to watch the movie, but it they certainly pull me out of the movie because they're. I think you could certainly do a lot of the things they did practically that they obviously were trying to do post production. Uh, it just. It it didn't fit. It felt like the angels weren't really, really there. And maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, and I realize you just have one more thing, or your your tragic maker, right, Paul? Correct. Okay, so I'm yes. going to go through the rest of my list here until I get to mine, and then we'll go from there. And by all means, comment on these, Paul. Not that you wouldn't. Uh, tragic maker. <laughs> Um, I wish I had done more research on these next points because I feel like I need other yeah, people's like what the heck is a pennant anyway? thoughts to back them up. No, and other people's thoughts to back them up, but I'm not sure how I feel. Actually, this part I don't need. I'm not sure how I feel about angels essentially helping a team cheat. It's like... <laughs> hey, it's not cheating if everyone has free access to ask. Oh, that's a good point. Help. I guess that's a good point. The other teams could have asked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. I didn't think about it that way. But it doesn't say in the rules that they can't help. Though, at the same time, would. though, at the same time, wouldn't uh, Rogers Prayer cover the championship? And so, why all of a sudden can't they help then? Because that's in the Angels' rules. They yeah. Said. Okay. But cheating or, well, helping whatever with the other games isn't. I, I know you don't know. I I just thought that was... I know. It doesn't really make sense. You know. It's all or nothing. I know. No. Uh, then how the angels are portrayed and the idea that people can become angels, I just... I mean, I honestly, I have not done like essays that's or... a lot of stories, though. Okay, that's fine, but... I know I don't believe that. It doesn't line up with the the way the Bible is set exactly. up in the reference. Yeah, because so angels like, are a different creature. We're yes. a different creature. Yes. We don't become angels. It's a whole class system. We, I know. Yeah. I know I'm I'm it, preaching to the choir. Uh, 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 I was I, no, I was just about to call you racist. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I guess in a way. Because <laughs> they're a whole different race. They are. That's a very an, a literal Way of saying racist. <laughs> I think when... Yes. Totally a digression, but I think when a lot of people say you're racist, they really mean you're an ethnicityist. Yeah. Because we are just... not a different race. I remember, yeah, I, I forget but where... That, the idea was born behind that because they thought of other people of ethnicity as a different race, like they were subhuman. Which is really sad. And I... Yes. So we do not condone that So in a that way that all. it is truly racist, you know what I mean? If they think of it as a completely different race. I guess, I guess yes. Okay. Okay. We're going anyway. way down the rabbit yes. hole. <laughs> but that's part of the fun discussion. Anyway, yes. moving on. Anyway, yeah. I, I didn't appreciate that. Another thing going kind of back to the visual effects. What did you think about how they portrayed what angels looked like? Looked like? Yeah. I thought it was fine. I I've certainly seen worse, but I, oh, I that's a good point. The, I you know I enjoyed the you know they're in robes and halos and wings and so that's fine. Mm, all right, because that's how when people really well when they say you know like quote unquote real stories of angels, mm -hmm. it's usually as people and you know in in white robes a lot of times. So oh, okay. I guess I, I I almost imagine if I were to meet an angel, it'd be more like the Christopher Lloyd's character, just plain clothes oh, with the, with, with, the, with the Dodgers letters reversed. Exactly. <laughs> Ow. Right, and typically they yeah yeah they you know transform into human form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'll try and move on now. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> finally, uh, so essentially. The angels win because Roger lied, and that really made me grimace. The angels, the team, not the angels, the right. Spiritual and, and, realm. and actually, 
it was I, I at first I went the way I remembered it because it kind of bothered me. I was like, oh man, that's where the kid lies, and like, and know, see, I didn't even remember name. that, and I was surprised that you remember that. Wow. No, but what I didn't remember is actually Knox's idea. He whispers to the kid, hey, I'm going to go out there and you do this. And he gives him this kind of look. And like he struggled it with it, debated it. Mm -hmm. But as kids tend to be, tend to think, oh, he's a grown up. He knows probably the best way to handle things. So I'm I'm going to go along kind of reluctantly, but he still went along. That's the way I interpret it. You know what? I I didn't really think about it in that. I guess I I felt like his character was very morally centered. So was, I I don't know why I felt that way. There wasn't a whole lot that Yeah, even that. in his prayers it was kind of like if if you God even if you exist if you exist can you help? I don't Well, I guess that's not an, an That's not immoral. Immoral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure where that came from. I I felt like he, I that's a very excellent point that Knox was kind of leaning on him to lie, um, yeah. and yeah, he wants to. And by that time, I mean right after that, Knox adopts them, so they're obviously feel like a family, and you want to do what yeah. your father figure mentor asks you to do. Um, and, and Knox is trying to get his team to win. He's trying to inspire them, you know, and he'll he'll go know. as far as lying. Okay, I see yeah. how it is. I'm sure managers lie all the time yeah. to get, you know, manipulate people. Yeah, That's a good point, Paul. I, I didn't think about it that way, so thank you. I, yeah. I, I think I might I consider retracting that slightly. Because when going into this movie, I had that thing, that, mm-hmm. that against it. And then after watching, I was like, okay, maybe I don't as much as, not nearly as much as I did because of that. Good point. Good point. All right. It's time, Paul. What's the thing Uh, you hate most about Angels in the Outfield? I I think this movie would have been way better if they played it straight and not so silly like half the movie was. Yes. Other half of the movie was so silly and over the top. And you could almost tell kind of soon into it. That is like, oh, this is a kids movie. They made this for kids. Like when the the base the the scene that I was like, oh no, is when the kids are watching from the tree. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Knox gets in a fight with his own pitcher, and like the Angels team goes out to fight, and when you see the angels reaction to the pitcher and the manager fighting, they get like wide eyed and kind of react and kind of like over the top, like, Oh no. And then they go into rush. And then the other team, it's not the angels team. I forget who they're playing, but they all rush out to like join it. And their manager says something like, Hey, it's not our fight. And they all turn around and go, huh? Okay, and they walk back to the. It's so over the top, and uh, and and it's like that's obviously made for kids because that's not one of the things. Have you seen the original black and white movie that not. this was made from? I actually didn't realize there was one until I was like looking for this movie and in IMDb and seeing that. I didn't realize it either till I was watching the credits of this, and so after the words, I went and watched the original one that it was made. Oh of. wow! Oh really? Okay. Yeah, so, and now I totally forgot my point in bringing that up. <laughs> so, uh... uh well, what, were you going to compare oh, the two? Like, oh, realism, or...? Say, well, yeah, they played it more straight. Okay. And there wasn't, like, a, a ball going... They didn't show any of the angels. You mm-hmm. heard um, talking to... There was a couple scenes where they're talking. Mm. You didn't see them, though, mm-hmm. um, which would have solved your problem. Yeah, totally. Um, but they played it more, I guess, real. <laughs> One of the things that they did in that movie, which I liked, is they had like a, a little montage where they interviewed real baseball players from that time. Like, hey, what do you think of Angels playing, you know, mm-hmm. helping out? And I thought that if they had more, if the Angels 
teammates look more like real baseball players like uh-huh. today, not like obvious actors who are yeah. like, oh, here's the big guy and here's the goofy guy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, they had yeah. real, and then they had other, like they're playing real teams uh-huh. from that time. It would have <laughs> been cool to see them, you know? Oh, totally. To make it, so uh, my big thing is if it's too silly, it, it's it's not a good mix that had some good serious moments but the the silly movie the parts of the movie i didn't think meshed well overall Mm -hmm. yeah so it yeah that was that's my biggest complaint it's just too kitty i guess or at least a a good majority over the top silly yeah yeah i I mean i'd agree more so in terms of some of the things that the angels do like right. moving the ball, like I think right. I forget if it's Vinny or, or Edward, but yeah, just bouncing it back and forth. That it's like that was Al. I almost yeah, exactly. Yes, Al, and like slowing that, the ball down so it's like going really slow. All these things that are like obviously define the laws of physics. I right, and I think it, are just they had slowed it down. It was like a ninety mile ball, like down to a sixty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Rather than stop right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, so so you agree with me agreeing with you is what yes. you're saying. Okay, <laughs> I I agree with your agreeing. Okay, good. Another heated agreement. Um, all right. Well, that leaves me. The thing I. The thing I hated most about Angels in the Outfield, and this is a very minor, it's almost like too minor to make it my most hated thing, but it really bothered me. And wow. this is right after uh, the court hearing where uh, Roger's dad, you know, signs the paperwork that I'm not going to take care of you. He leaves and he, Justin Roblin is playing this amazing part. I don't think it's yeah. too whiny, uh, where he's just like doesn't real doesn't see why this is happening, what's going on, and and uh, he he starts to cry, and Maggie holds him, and she says, "Don't cry, Roger, or don't cry." I'm like, why? The, why would you not I don't cry? Remember that. Why would you not cry? Of course, let him cry. He just lost his dad. Why in the world are you trying to stifle him having that emotion? Seriously, I totally it bothered did me not pick up on that so much. Oh man, I'm sorry. Wait, how much? Just so much. Wow, a needle pulling thread, much? Exactly. Huh? <laughs> Dermot Mulroney is oh. the dad's actor's name. He oh. was in My Best Friend's Wedding as the guy who's marrying him. I have not seen. That. Um, did you see Jobs uh, about Steve Jobs with nope. uh, Ashton Kutcher? Nope. No, you saw the gray. Yes, was he in the? Yeah, gray? I haven't seen that, but oh, he was okay. in that. <laughs> okay, maybe that's just where I recognize him from. Maybe. So anyway, but I, I don't I know. know why she didn't let him cry. But and I and you know what? I almost didn't. Hear, I I thought I heard it, and I had to rewind and um and uh, listen again. You shouldn't rewind with rewind. the volume up a bit just to be sure. Yeah, and she mm-hmm. says that and. The music is played a little higher, so maybe it is easy to not notice. It just really bothered me. Yeah, there's no crying in baseball <laughs> movies. Oh, Paul. Uh, we've entered all our computations and firing trigonometries into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing? We all entered all our competitions? Computations. And firing entries? Computations, computations. yes. Oh, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. All right, Paul. Now's the time. That moment of truth. What's it going to be for Angels in the Outfield? Classic. Recommend to all peoples, regardless of race (laughs) Um, or ethnicity. Um, Nostalgic. Only recommended to those who have seen it as a kid or tragic leave it in the past unfortunately this movie gets so goofy and so silly i can't recommend it for everyone but i do think it's a fun revisit for the cast Mm -hmm. so i'm going to say nostalgic that makes sense they they were fun to watch especially some of the especially the lead roles i'd say 
and even some of the minor league roles I thought was fun. The like minor league roles? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So Francisco, how would you rate it? I would agree with you, Paul. It is nostalgic. Uh, I I wouldn't say the roles really sell it for me. I'd say Justin Gordon-Levitt and really, I mean, really him and JP and and especially after you you sort of revealed to me that it's more about being a part of a family mm-hmm. and that aspect to the movie, I think is, is very deep and very touching. I wish it was a little bit more straight, just like you said, mm-hmm. throughout. Um, and what you said made me very interested to watch the the um, 1951 version. It's it's a much slower, and you can see where some of the elements, some of the major plot points they uh-huh. derived from. In fact, one of the things that I didn't like about the 1994 version, like um, the whole hearing or, or the announcement speech that Knox was going to give about being a manager, and it's like, um, and the owner saying, look, if you don't explain this, you're out of here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then during that, there are two things I didn't like about that. And maybe this should go into the not like section. <laughs> That's okay. Go for but it. The, basically the winning argument in that was delivered by the lady, mm-hmm. uh, the Maggie and not one of the main characters like Knox or, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. As a story point, I thought that the, the winning argument would have been stronger if it was delivered by one of the main characters instead of um, one of the uh the another thing that was kind of weird to me is like when Tony Danza stood up and said um I'm not going to play with anyone but him it's kind of like he knew that his job was on the line which if you follow the story he wouldn't have known or he shouldn't have I don't know but it, and then all the other teammates like yeah I'm not going to play for anybody um, you know, when they all stood up uh-huh. and it was like, w- w- did they know that he was about to resign? I mean, like right before the pennant, who does that? You know what I mean? Oh, I almost felt, I didn't get that sense. I just got the sense that they are all about supporting him because he had gotten them to this point. And so they, they, it was like similar to how he was growing as a father to, uh, Roger and JP, he was kind of growing as sort of the the elder to the team, and they didn't want to lose that leadership. But how did they know that they there was a chance to lose that leadership? Uh, oh well, oh, because oh, that was said in private between the owner and the manager. That's a good point. That's like a sleight of hand that they did. Right. Yeah. So it didn't make sense to me. I was like, why? Why are they all standing up in support for, you know, like, I'm not going to play for anybody but him. But in the in the black and white version, they did a good job of... Bridging that. Of setting it up. It's like, look, part of the movie, he's like about to be under investigation by the commissioner of the whole league. Oh, wow. Because, and, and there's an actual hearing about this. Mm-hmm. And... And it's way, and everybody knows, like, um, like the radio is talking about him possibly losing his job and all this stuff. So, and that's another thing that actually, when <laughs> sorry, but watching the black and white movie, it just it made me appreciate the, some of the things in either movie a little more. Like, uh-huh. what it made me appreciate in the black and white movie, like. At the end, it's kind of like the same with the pitcher is like at the top of the ninth and there's a full count, bases loaded. The whole crowd is just booing and saying, get the pitcher out of there, replace him. Ah. And it reminded me in this movie, they're not saying, they're all, the crowd is like supporting, you know, and doing the angel wave in the 1994. And it just brought me back to that moment and I got teared up again. I was like, oh, that's so special and wonderful. They're all supportive. (laughs) Anyway, but it was interesting, the contrast between the two. You can see different things about it. So Interesting, yeah. Yeah. I I think the note that the 94 version one left on with the whole crowd doing it yeah. is way more it 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 cap- and moving it's a bit well it's more captivating i'd say yeah yeah or richer and, anyway but word of warning people who've never seen the the black and white version it's a lot slower a lot slower okay 
And Justin, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it, I assume. No, and he's played by a girl in this one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I read Nostalgic. If you saw it as a kid, you'd probably enjoy watching it again for nostalgia. Um, but I'd say there's... I can't think of a better... There's certainly better sports movies. But like you said, if you're looking for a movie about like family and trying to form a family again, I'd suggest uh, Serenity. That's it. And the Firefly oh. series. That's all about family. There you go. I haven't really thought of it like that, but okay. It I is. thought it was about space cowboys, but okay. That's the that's the context, but let's move on. It's, all right. <laughs> Alice. It's really about racism. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Alice, you know, we hate those reavers. Engage YouTube. Please, reavers are just people too. I know. They're the same race. It all goes back. <laughs> Oh, new tubes. Okay. Yes. Paul so, Francisco. <laughs> oh, me first. Okay. Uh, what's new on no. my tube is actually uh, Weird Al Yankovic's new album, Mandatory oh. Fun. You're like iTunes. Did you buy it from iTunes? No, I subscribe to Ardio, which is a music subscription service. So because oh, iTunes spelled his name Yankovic, and he made a big deal because it's Yankovic. I'm so sorry, Al... Yankovic. It's fine. I'm so, I'm so sorry. That's fine. You Weird and Al. a lot of other people. Yeah. It's it's okay. Weird Al Yankovic's new album, Mandatory Vic. Fun. I said Vic. Yes. Yeah, we said Vicks. I thought you were being plural. I didn't know you were being possessive. He has a vapor rub. Um, <laughs> no. He I, smokes? What? The, no, Vicks. You know, vape. vape like the new, like the electronic. Anyway, sorry, his album, I listened to it. Some of my uh, favorite tracks are the Royals parody, yeah, Foil. Foil. That's really funny. The Radioactive cover, which is inactive. Oh, uh, I, I haven't heard that yet. That, that's, that's a good one. Cool. But that's what's been new on my tube or radio as it goes. Paul, did you find anything? Come up with anything? Yeah, I downloaded an app for the Android. Just now. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Actually, I I've been um, enjoying it for a little bit here. It's called uh, Crystal Lux. Okay. Uh, C R Y S T A L U X. All right. And um, it might be for Apple I too. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, but um, it's like a series of puzzles. You have to line up the crystals to mm-hmm. f- form a. a predetermined pattern Mm -hmm. so apparently i like puzzle games you do seem to have quite a bit of those on the show that's okay it is okay thank you yeah yeah no problem yeah thanks for (laughs) approval now i know where to go when i need to just hand it out yeah okay approve sure yeah not enthusiastic approval approval bring up those communication satellites please before paul spirals out of yeah, I keep talking, and uh, there we go. Someone needs to keep this moving. Receiving incoming transmission. We got a write-up just out of the blue today. Ooh, we got written up. <laughs> a good write-up, not a not. We didn't get a pink slip or anything. Uh, but well, let let's let the listeners judge for themselves whether they think it's good or bad. Well, okay, it's a review. It's it's a someone, review. yeah. Well, how would you you just describe it as a review, Paul, or would you? It's bet? a podcast review. Yeah, and it's kind of in depth. Like it's not like at nauseum. Like oh man, this thing takes two hours to read, but it's it's nice and it gives. He's obviously listened to several shows. Yes, exactly. And to give a good uh, balanced opinion, in my opinion. Yes. So it's by the authors of Brian Keating, and his blog is I love this name, the Grand Emperor's Retro Video Gaming Blog. So yeah, he covered off his groove. <laughs> <laughs> so he covers retro gaming, community support, uh, mid-core gaming. Uh, I like that as opposed to hardcore gaming. Uh, oh, I ret- thought it was like midichlorian. <sighs> Maybe. Gaming. Covers a lot of Star Wars games. Uh, retrospective and good old fun. Uh, so check check that out. We'll leave, have a link in the show. But uh, thank you so much, Brian, for, for writing that. Um, 
We also got uh, some uh, feedback from longtime listener Ryan Jackson. What's up, RJ? What is up, RJ? So Ryan was listening to episode 40 on Donkey Kong, which you can find at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 4-0. We did that with my brother, Kethos. Uh, He asked, so after listening to the episode on Donkey Kong, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you recommend Battlestar Galactica? And I told him, I can I would recommend it as an eight, but someone like Christy, my wife, would rate it a one. So I gave him that perspective. But you, this is how I think he's asking how would you rate it? I know, and I said an eight. I would recommend it on a scale of one to ten. How likely would I be to recommend it? I'd say an eight. Uh, pretty likely, since he already recommended it. Yes, exactly. Uh, so thank you, Ryan, for uh, that feedback. I actually watched the first, um, what is it, the the two or three parter at the beginning? Or, oh, anyway, before the the season one begins, mm-hmm. I saw that little intro. Um, but, so I'm on my way to eventually watching it all. Wow, but, cool. Uh, so Okay, like, so it didn't turn you off to watching it. It wasn't like... No, I was kind of frustrated because, well, I can't oh. say why because that would be a spoiler. But let's just say that one of my favorite characters turns out to be a bad guy. It's just like, oh! So thank you, Ryan. And thank you again, Brian. And to Rachel and Vinny and Edward once again for leaving feedback about Angels in the Outfield. Paul, will you please tell us what we're doing next time? And then I'll get to a few show announcements and how to contact sure. us. Sure. What is it? Not our flux capacitor, our but reflux our reflux capacitor. Our, I thought it was called something else. Anyway, our time machine is, and the space-time continuum is a little bit off right now because of our, I don't know, I think there's a Cylons messing with things or something. <laughs> but uh, next time we'll either be rewinding back to the year 1989 for John Candy's Uncle Buck, which would be the 25th anniversary. Cool. Or... 1990 a year later for teenage mutant ninja turtles the first movie as the new one is coming out yeah we'll have to see which one is next yeah i'm not sure well and i'll try to get alice fixed so that this type of thing doesn't happen again but yeah maybe the wookie can help with that exactly let's go so until then if you like us you know follow spread the word RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support slash social slash contact whatever you want to do just like you know check us out and there is there's even a new way to be interactive on there tell them how Francisco <laughs> oh well you can go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash cast your vote and we're actually going to have um, you decide on what movies we're going to be doing uh, we're using another site called Ranker.com, or just Ranker. I believe it's Ranker.com. And we're going to have a list of all the movies we plan on doing for the next, like, two years or something. And we want to get your votes on the next ten movies we're going to do. This is, like, a new thing we're going to be doing that every – after episode 50 or our two-year episode, we're going to start this staggered thing where – the top 10 movies that are voted on by you for what you, the listener want us to discuss. We are going to put those 10 movies into the schedule. Then while we're covering those 10 movies, you guys will vote on the next 10. And so you will constantly be telling us what you want us to review. The only caveats are we will still be deciding what games just because those take a lot more prep time to do and we there's it's a little less flexible being able to find whatever games we are going to decide on. So we're still going to maintain control over that. But in terms of movies, we want to get your guys's involvement in that because you know it's not just me and Paul, the me and Paul show. We it's it's the Retro Rewind podcast community. So yeah, it, my angel's here too. <laughs> yes, Paul's angel. I think we're going to have a mechanism so that you can suggest movies also, but yeah, like we. Fa- Facebook but, or, or dot com the, where you can leave feedback, contact. 
I mean within rancor. But anyway. Oh, okay. So that is, thank you, Paul. That was one of the show announcements I wanted to give. So yeah, uh, go to retroreviewingpodcast.com slash cast your vote, all one word, essentially, and let us know what the what movie, what episodes 51 through 60 or thereabouts you want to see. Woohoo. Paul, where can people get in touch with you if they so choose to? PaulJPowers.com. Very cool. And did you have anything to promote? PaulJPowers.com. Wow, that's easy. Your one-stop shop for all your social needs to contact me. Nice. You can find me on Twitter at FXRUIZX. And um, if you need a website redesigned or a podcast cover art, please contact me either through Twitter or through the show at feedback. Our email would be feedback at retrorewindpodcast.com. I just let just say, this is for Francisco. I want you to design me, I don't know, CD cover or something. Uh, just let me know, and I'd love to work with you. Anyway, thank you so much, Paul, for being on the show once again. Sure. My pleasure. And more so, thank you, listener, for listening, whether you're... He likes you more. You heard it yourself. Yes, I do. <laughs> Not that I blame him. <laughs> Whether you're you listen to us on your commute or doing chores or on your way uh, to or from work would be your commute, or whether you're doing homework or working out, appreciate that you listen, that you subscribe, that you download. However, you get the Retro Rewind podcast into your ears, we appreciate having you as a listener. And whenever you get in touch with us, it's so awesome. And like a Pokemon, we'll catch you later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete Proceed to Nav Point Omega And return to base Which base is she returning to? Third base Or messed up It's third base Where in the space time continuum? There's no crying in Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> There's no crying in the courtroom. There's oh, it's baseball. That's what it is. If you build crying, they will come. This is actually a line. Most people misquote it. They say they will come, but it's he will come. Angels Kevin in Jackson. the Outfield of Dreams. And three strikes, we're out of here.